Patriots, assemble! We don't mess around. We don't waste time. Over here at His Hard Line. Let's go! from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. Greetings and good day to all you ladies and gentlemen out there. I am Jason, your co-host with our sovereign Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus, at our side, because he is the host with the most and the most high. He is in charge, he's in the captain's chair, he's at the helm, he's behind the wheel, and therefore he is steering this great ship through these crazy rough waters that we call life. So welcome to His Heart Line. Today is Tuesday, October, excuse me, Thursday. I did not change my note there. It is Thursday, October 5th, 2023, and you are listening to episode 612 We'll be doing a reading of Job chapter 11, and then part B of the show is titled, The Tides Are are Shifting. All right. I want to clarify that I am not a doctor, holistic health expert, financial advisor, pastor, priest, deacon, biblical scholar, or a bar lawyer. I do not possess any titles of nobility or offer legal advice. I do not have any political degree or had any involvement with any unconstitutional three-letter corrupt agencies like the CIA or FBI. And while I am a member of the Michigan General Journal Assembly, I am not the official face or voice of the National State or County Assembly. And I also want to emphasize that I have no affiliation with other groups who try to mimic the lawful assembly, such as the American States Assembly, National Liberty, Life Force, Beacon 37, RUSA, and Tactical Civics, or any other organizations outside the Michigan model. I'm not involved with any fraudulent status correcting associated with ABR, Bobby Lawrence, or David Strait and Company, and furthermore, do not endorse or advocate for violence, and I am not a party to any deep state cult Freemasons, nor am I one of the many reprobative miscreants who are actively trying to implode the general general assemblies across this land. Please note that the opinions, thoughts, and statements expressed on this platform are solely my own and for educational entertainment purposes, unless otherwise referenced. So there you go. So today, again... Uh, we are going to be reading out of Job chapter 11 for part A of uh, this episode 612. And then part B 
we are going to be talking about just kind of the political landscape about what's going on kind of kind of just overall assessment of what we have been witnessing what we've been seeing things of that nature right so anyway um let me just kind of get myself situated here so i'm still about 95 to 97 percent better uh still dealing with a little something here as you could probably hear but hey it's all good um, we are slowly but surely trending in the uphill, you know, in the, uh, in the positive trend. So that's really good. Um, so let's just get, we're going to dive right into the reading. And, and, and just so you guys know, like I said, there's, a, there's going to be days where I'm not going to be able to do a live. Okay. Again, it just depends on what I got going on that day. This is kind of the, one of the drawbacks I would say of having a podcaster, right. For as far as for you guys, having a podcaster, who doesn't operate on donations, who doesn't operate on uh, Patreon uh, money, right, that you guys would have to give. I try to keep this information free. If people donate, hey, that's great, but I don't live off that, right? Anything that's ever been donated has been has gone right back into the studio for better upgrade equipment. But by and large, a lot of what is you know what what i have here in this little studio of ours is solely funded by you know our own hard work and uh from a day job so again it's just kind of one of the drawbacks of having a podcaster who has a day job so you know sometimes that's going to entail not being able to get on the live as often as i want at the same time as i want now i'm going to try to keep it consistent and keep it as regular as possible but sometimes it's just going to be out of reach but one thing that i refuse to do is cancel the show but the other part of it is too is i want to make sure that i create a happy medium with making sure that i'm always there for my family i'm always there for my wife because that's very important too i cannot neglect the important the important parts of my life and my wife and daughter are the very vital important parts of that of my life there so so anyways so with that, let's get into the reading, Job chapter 11. So like I said, the, the structure kind of changed a little bit. Um, we have a part A, part B, and then on the days that I do a part C, part C is typically going to be separate from A and B if it's uh, live. Um, otherwise, there you will be in different segments, different downloads and Podbean. Part C will typically be like an educational segment. And yes, we still have one more reading to do of the, of the last little part of the magna carta i have not forgotten i just haven't gotten to it yet but we will be doing a final reading of the final clauses of the magna carta it's just fyi okay i have not forgotten that okay so job chapter 11 uh this is where zophar urges job to repent <clears throat> excuse me let me take a sip of coffee actually because i got i gotta drink this coffee while it's nice and hot and it's soothing on my throat Okay, so the Zophar, starting with verse one, then Zophar, the Namathite answered and said, should not the multitude of words be answered? And should a man full of talk be vindicated? Should your empty talk make men hold their peace? And when you mock, should no one rebuke you? For you have said, my doctrine is pure and I am clean in your eyes. But oh, that God would speak and open his lips against you, that he would show you the secrets of wisdom, for they would double your prudence. Know therefore that God exacts 
from you less than your iniquity deserves? Can you search out the deep things of God? Can you find out the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than heaven. What can you do? It's deeper than Sheol. What can you know? Their measure is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. If he passes by imprisons and gathers to judgment, then who can hinder him? For he knows deceitful men. He sees wickedness also. Will he not, will he not then consider it? For an empty-headed man will be wise. When a wild donkey's colt is born a man, if you would prepare your heart and stretch out your hands toward him, if iniquity were in your hand and, and you put it far away, it would not let wickedness dwell in your tents. Then surely you could lift up your face without spot. Yes, you could be steadfast and not fear because you would forget your misery and remember it as waters that have passed away. And your life would be brighter than noonday through though you were dark, you would be like the morning. And you would be secure because there is hope. Yes, you would dig around you and take your rest in safety. You would also lie down and no one would make you afraid. Yes, many would court your favor, but the eyes of the wicked will fail and they shall not escape. And their hope, loss of life. And that is the reading of Job chapter 11. Okay, so... Some pretty powerful words there. So Zophar's words in this reading highlight the importance of humility and repentance in our relationship with God. Because he challenged Job. He challenged Job's belief in his own purity, urging him to acknowledge his faults, right? And to turn to God. He said, look, Job, you need to own what you have done and take them and basically go right to God with them. Zophar's words remind us that we shouldn't let pride or self-righteousness blind us to our own imperfections. It's one of the reasons why pride is one of the seven deadly sins, right? And so the deeper message here is about the vastness of God's wisdom and understanding. And Zophar paints a picture of immeasurable depth and breadth of God's knowledge. He reminds us that we as men and women here on this earth are very limited in our understanding that we should approach God with reverence and a, uh, how do you want to say it? Kind of like a willingness to learn, right? Always be an open sponge to take in new information, discern. And Zophar's advice to prepare one's heart put away iniquity and seek righteousness speaks to the idea that repentance and a change of heart can lead to a brighter, more secure life. And it's also a call to let go of past mistakes, right? And to seek forgiveness and to live in the light of God's wisdom. So as far as like our own lives, we could reflect on what Zophar said here right we could reflect on his words by by basically embracing humility by acknowledging our own shortcomings and seeking a deeper um or at least attempting to seek a deeper understanding with god or of god i should say and repentance and change of heart can indeed lead to a brighter more hopeful future guided by uh, the wisdom of a higher power 
And so, you know, we often find ourselves seeking answers and meaning, right? Like Job did. And the reminder from Zophar, again, is should be um, in, an encouragement for us. So <clears throat> as we kind of look back on this reading, we really should feel inspired to approach our lives with humility. And we should have a desire to have that transformation because that transformation really is something else, folks. I mean, look, God, I always say God and Jesus are still working in me, on me, around me, in my heart, and every which way you can imagine that they can work on a man or a woman. No, not a non-binary. But all kidding aside, that transformation, they're always that, that never-ending how do I want to say this? I think with my own experience, and I can't speak for everybody else, but my own experience, it seems like there's a there's a two-phase transformation. You got your initial build, right, where you have your foundation. Like the initial, it's like, you know when people, when construction workers put up a house, they set the foundation. I should say there's three phases, right? They set the foundation. And then all of a sudden, pop you know pops up a house right the plywood and the framing and the trusses right and all you see is this big brown tan in color right plywood looking house it looks like something that's you know built of sticks or if you live in texas brick right but i'm talking like michigan here um all of a sudden you got a house that popped up on top of that that foundation because you got to have a foundation and then all of a sudden now you have the house so with the transformation that I feel like I've gone through, I had to establish a foundation with God, right? Or God had to establish a foundation with me, I should say. And that foundation only got established through my willingness to dive in his word by reading the Bible and to want to seek a relationship with God. And once that foundation was established, then poof, he, he popped up a, a nice new house, right? The frame, everything, the roof, all of it, even doors. So that would be like the second phase of the transformation. Then the third phase is what I would say would be the never-ending phase because that's the phase where the drywall goes up. That's where the electrical work starts happening. That's where the plumbing gets put in. And when you got all the essentials in there, okay, the stuff that has to go in first, then, you know, the finishing and the painting and the carpeting and the light fixtures and this and that. And, and, and once the house is, is livable, I don't want to say complete, but livable as you live in that house, right? That safe space that temple that is your own home at your safe haven eventually things will break and they will need to be repaired or sometimes things might need to be upgraded right they may not break but they need to be upgraded and they need to be uh you know maybe something changed and so something you'll get you'll put something in there different there's always something different happening and changing in you right but for, but the important thing is it's for the better not for the worst right so that's kind of that transformation process that I'm talking about. And we need to embrace that vastness of what God's wisdom as, as kind of like a source of, you know, wonder and reverence and how he works. And we need to remember that no matter 
what challenges that we face that we have the capacity to turn towards the light and seek that forgiveness while finding hope in the embrace of a loving and merciful God. And this message should actually really remind us that our own stories can mirror Job's filled, uh, you know, as Job's life. And because, you know, why? It's filled with trials and tribulations. And, but also, you know, it's also filled with the potential for renewal and spiritual growth. So very important lessons, I think, that we could draw from this reading. Excuse me while I take another sip of coffee here. Okay. <clears throat> so before we enter into the part B of episode 212, uh, as part of the show, we're going to end this segment in prayer. Excuse me. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you with humility and we recognize the vastness of your great wisdom and the limits of our own understanding. As Zophar urged Job to prepare his heart, we also ask you to help us prepare our hearts for a deeper connection with you because we acknowledge that we are filled with imperfections. And yes, we do make mistakes and we are always going to be asking you for the strength to let go um, of our iniquity. And we ask that you lead us on a path of righteousness and transformation. And we ask that we can find hope and purpose in your divine wisdom. Now, Father, I know we don't do this enough, but we also want to lift up those whom we may see as our enemies, right? People who see us as their enemies. And so we ask that you kind of help us here to release our feelings of anger or resentment and help us replace them with compassion and understanding. And we need to remember that every soul is precious in your sight. We know that. And we ask that you grant us the strength to seek reconciliation and peace. We also want to bring before you all the couples who are married and that are facing difficulties in their marriages. We ask for your guidance and wisdom to be in the center of those relationships, those marriages, right? Like you have been in ours and we are grateful for that. And we ask that you help them communicate with love and understanding. And yes, we know it's a hard thing for us to do, but you know, we need to seek common ground and rekindle that love that brought them together May their marriages be a testament to your love and grace. And we also want to lift up those who are fighting illnesses like cancer, especially those that are battling a severe cancer. Um, we ask for your comforting presence to surround them and for healing and to touch, to restore their health and grant them strength and courage as, and, 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 and fill their, you know, their life up with hope as they face their challenging journey. And so we also pray for their loved ones too, their family, as they find uh, solace and support. And lastly, we also want to thank you for all the blessings that you provide in our lives. We are grateful for the gift of life and for love of family and friends and for the beauty of the world around us and for the countless ways that you've shown your presence. And we ask that you help us remain mindful of your grace and to express our gratitude through our actions and always acknowledge your role in our lives. And we pray all this in your holy son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen.
So I'm going to take a quick little uh, 25 second break, 25 to 30 second break, and we will be right back. Right. So, 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 where shall we begin? Where shall we begin? I got a few pieces, audio pieces I kind of want to play before I get into the meat and potatoes of what we got here. Um, well, let me start off with this. So this doesn't really have anything to do with the tides or shifting, but it is relevant with how we, how we are going to be moving forward in our country because like Oscar read on, and if for those of you that don't know who Oscar is, he is a member of the Missouri General General Assembly. He is on the National Assembly conference call every Thursday. He does a lot of the readings and the educational segments on the national call, along with Bill and Bill Hermanson, who is another very profound and, and, and intelligent uh, educator there in the Missouri General General Assembly. Uh, there is a uh, war manual that or uh, that was read um, in its entirety by Oscar, and I did a 17-part series reading on that last year, and it's Field Training Manual 2000-25, and, and through different parts of that war manual. Now, remember, this is a war manual that was released in the early 1900s, 1928 or 29. I always forget the years mixed up. I know Oscar's listening. He can probably correct me here in the chat if he's available. I believe it was 1929. Um maybe 1928. I always get that forgotten. I don't know why, but in that war manual, it was released to the army. And that war manual was um, how to restore a nation back to a republic from a democracy. And in that manual expressed the importance of the family unit and how important families, strong families are to the success of a strong nation now there's two audio pieces i wanted to play here first one is by uh i think i don't know what her name is i just saw this on telegram or i think yeah it was on telegram yeah that's what it was it was written in, thank you oscar i really appreciate that see he's this is why i love when him and and people like destry and and key people who are you know self-educated and always continuously learning i love when they're in the podcast because where i lack or where I forget things, or maybe where I might misspeak. I can always rely on Oscar and Destry and uh, maybe a couple others to um, help correct the record. Um, and I can trust them because I know that they're really digging deep into it. So it's nice to have them in there. So thank you for that, brother. He said, yeah, the war manual was written in 1928, uh, published in 1929. That's probably why I always get those years uh, mixed up. <clears throat> but in that manual, uh, it really emphasizes the importance of family because you got to think about this. Why do you think they try so hard again? And I'm going to keep pounding this, this hammer down on the nail. Why do you think they keep trying to promote little boys to be little girls and they promote masculinity as being toxic and why, you know, they try to promote drag queen story hour. They want to promote all this freakish, you know, behavior 
which ultimately, I hate to say it, is a mental deficiency. All right. And not only that, I'm not saying that these people are rejected by society, but these are inappropriate and rejected activities that are, should not be accepted in society. Okay. What you do behind the doors of your own home. Okay. That's on you. You want to, you want to, you know, engage in this, that, and the other, that, that is looked upon by God as un, um, unnatural. And, uh, it's, 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 you know, from a debased mind, then you go on right ahead. That's not for me to judge, but you, you do not reserve the right to push this down the throats of normal men and women out there that just want to live their lives and, and serve God and, and raise their families and to live free. You do not reserve the right to impede in our personal, you know, uh, mental headspace and public schools or TV or whatever, and try to push your nonsensical, uh, debased activities on our children. That's not how that works. And that's one of the reasons why they try so hard to, destroy families to get the father out of the home. Listen, I got two pieces here. One's 57 seconds. The other one's 55 seconds. This one is from a lady who is addressing a bunch of women who I believe might, I don't know if they're college students or what, but whoever it is, whoever she is, it's a good message. Give this a listen to 57 seconds. To hear this because what you because nobody wants to hear this because what you want me to say today is actually being a single mother is totally possible. It actually isn't. It was never meant to happen for the human race, number one. Number two, single biggest determiner of whether a mother is a good mother, what do you think it is? This is going to blow your mind when I tell you the answer. Whether they have a supportive partner. The major argument for good dads is actually, can the dad be there for the mom? Because it's like a, a direct chain is what we see. What you see is that if you've got a, a father figure, basically, who's supportive to the mother, the mother's energy goes towards the children. But the second that she doesn't have that supportive energy, she collapses, is what happens. And then the kids get starved. And we're not actually supposed to be living in a single family household, so it's supposed to be a lot more support towards mom than just dad. But I'm going with standard societal structure. You are a victim of a society that was never meant to work this way. And she's absolutely correct. And this is something that I try very hard in my own life. I try my very hardest and I do my absolute best to be the most supportive husband that I can. And then some days I'm, I'm very deficient because sometimes I get knocked down so hard in my day. Like I said, September was a very challenging and trying month for both of us, <laughs> my wife and I both, but it is going to get better. It will be better. It has been better. And <clears throat> if the wife doesn't have the support of her husband, then it's hard for her to get on through with her day because as a, for like in my wife's case, as a full-time 24 seven stay at home, mom, homeschooler, domestic engineer, right? You're the librarian, you're the principal, you're the lunch lady, you're the laundry attendant. You're the, you're the everything. Your job's 24 seven. For those of you who don't understand what a stay at home mother does, especially a homeschooled mom, you are on 24 7 365 and there is no breaks which is why it's up to people like us the husbands all right and i know that i could get better with this myself which is why i try to do we try to do more you know family vacations like you know for three four nights away right like my wife and i we have something planned for just us coming up 
here in a few weeks. And we're very excited for this because this is going to be something that, you know, we'll be able to do just us. All right. Because Mama Bear needs time away, too. She wants to be able to go out to eat for a few nights and not worry about having her plate being scavenged off of. Right. She wants to be able to go out and shop and not be uh, not have to deal with tantrums and, you know, crying fits because of hunger or because, you know, little one needs a nap. Mama wants to go and sit in a bathtub and just soak with maybe some candles, maybe nice music, glass of wine, right? And not worry about a, uh, a little one at the door going, Mom, Mom, Ma, Mommy. I mean, that's enough to freaking make you lose your ever-loving mind. As much as I like to say I can understand what my wife goes through, I don't think truly I'll ever really, no man, no man is ever going to be able to really understand, honestly, unless they are a stay-at-home father. But no man really is going to honestly understand that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so, um, well, and, and I like here what Liz Anella was saying. She goes, you know, we are household managers, right? You wear many hats. And she also adds saying, oh, and the fun things that I have written in on my taxes as job title. <laughs> that is funny. I, I prefer the title. I think the title domestic engineer has a very good ring to it for the stay at home moms. But anyways, but this woman that I played that audio by, she makes a very good point. And men, listen, I'm not going to sit here and say that I am the model that should be followed because clearly there is some things that I could do better on. I know there are things that I could do better on, but it's one thing I always try to make sure I do. I want to make sure that my kid knows that my wife will come first in a lot of, you know, a lot of cases, obviously when it comes to imminent danger, mama, dad, you know, mama bear and papa bear will step up and do whatever we can to protect baby bear. But when it comes to the safety of our own home, right within our four walls, our daughter needs to understand you will not disrespect your mother because your mother, that's my wife. She came before you and therefore I will back her up first. And that's how that has to work. So don't you give lip to your mother. Do not talk back to your mother. Do not yell at your mother. Do not hit her because you are going to be in for a world of hurt and you are going to have your world upside down and so much will be taken away from you. Kids need to understand that. So if mama bear does not get the support, then it's not going to be able to trickle down in a positive way to the kids. Here's something else by Bedros Koulian. I love what he says here. This is 55 seconds. Listen to this. Um, is this it? Yeah, listen to this. Bigger parts for me of getting your house in order is getting you, your shit in order. As men, we are the leaders of our family. As men, we are the leaders of our companies. As men, we are the leaders of our tribe. As men, we lead the people who count on us. And so if you're a guy and you are sick, 
and you're fat and you're out of shape and you simply accept that, that you will live a life of mediocrity and average and being sick, you become a liability to the people who rely on you. You and I both know that if you have a few pounds to lose, if you are mentally screwed up in terms of you're finding yourself anxious, depressed, you're out of alignment and congruency with the man that you want to be, you are a liability to your family, you're a liability to your kids, to your spouse, to your work, to your company, to your friends, the tribe who look up to you as a role model. That's, One of the bigger. That's right. He's absolutely right. And I love what he says there. You are a liability to yourself, to your family, to your kids, right? If you don't take care of yourself, this is why I had that episode yesterday about self-preservation and making sure you keep up and take care of the body temple. Because if you don't keep care of yourself, you're not going to be able to keep care of your family. Bottom line. <clears throat> very, very important. And so anyways, I don't know why I went down that tangent, but it's uh, I, I saw those videos. I saw those audio pieces I listened to. I said, this is very, very vital, very important. I feel like that people need to hear because family, having a strong nuclear family is what will help significantly rise this nation back to the republic that it always should have been right so anyway um so here's the thing um let me just look at something else here real quick hold on so oh i did want that i'm sorry hold on guys i i, I exit out of something that i actually really needed or wanted so i'm gonna play an audio here in a minute from Jan Helper Hayes. It's about three minutes long. But, you know, if it's not abundantly clear by now that what we're witnessing on the world stage is theatrical performance, then perhaps maybe folks have their heads stuck somewhere where they shouldn't. And recently we saw Congress relax its dress code for business right on the chamber floor allowing representatives to show up in gym shorts and hoodies and while casual fridays at the office can be you know a welcoming change for many from the usual attire you know it's pretty vital in my humble estimation that you have to maintain a certain professionalism when representing the american people on the global stage all right, now I know we're talking de facto here for a minute, folks, because obviously everything we're seeing on the world stage is all de facto and defunct, right? Because really what holds water and what stands is, you know, the people in general assembly, right? Real bosses of America, right? The real managers of America. That's the we the people, not these people in, in Washington, right? The swamp. And showing up looking like you just rolled out of bed or you, you know, rolled out of your local YMCA or snap fitness doesn't really, you know, scream serious business. And so if, if, if that wardrobe choice isn't enough to raise your eyebrows, let's also rewind to the events of earlier this week where we witnessed a remarkable episode of a certain somebody, a certain congressman pulling a fire alarm claiming that they mistook it for a handicapped door button opener. No, even a five-year-old, a five-year-old can tell the difference between these two things. And thanks to the handy little pictograms that are typically, should be, right there on the buttons. One has a 
fire on it or it says fire alarm, it's red indicating, ah, that's hot. If it's hot, pull this. And then the little handicap door opener button is typically blue with a little pictogram of somebody sitting in a wheelchair. You generally know the difference between those two. Even in a rush and you have your mind on something else, you should, at quick glances, these, these buttons are designed to where you should have zero thought into knowing what these are for. But in my opinion, this can only be seen as a blatant attempt to delay and stall an important vote on the de facto floor there, right? The, the de facto vote there on the chamber floor. But wait, if that's not the end of our circus, remember, because we covered this too, we also observed the Canadian Parliament giving, literally giving a standing ovation to a literal Nazi 98-year-old soldier who fought against the Russians. Sure, Justin Trudeau tried to backtrack and call it a mistake, but these quote-unquote accidents, they're starting to pile up a little bit, right? These little mishaps, these embarrass, these displays of public embarrassment on the world stage. It almost seems like what we are witnessing across the global stage is a deliberate and strategic effort to embarrass those we've always looked at as leaders. That's what I think is happening. That's just my own humble opinion, by the way. That's not fact. That's just my own opinion based on my observations. And see, with the military alliances working together around the world, I believe these, you know, these, <clears throat> how do you want to say it? What we're seeing, these antics that we're seeing on the world stage kind of serve as a purpose to wake people up from a kind of, like I said, a mass formation psychosis. Because these these absurd, these absurd, I can't even speak today, these absurdities that we are witnessing through mainstream media, I think are in part tactics to belittle and undermine the perceived importance of these supposed quote unquote de facto leaders, right? Because the truth is many of these individuals are there for self-enrichment. They're there to elevate their own status and to dance to the tune of the puppeteers pulling the strings. See, People need to be awakened to these realities, but it's not like flicking a switch. It's, it's more like, you know, thawing your frozen fingers after being outside in sub-zero temperatures. You guys who live in winter, you know, wonderland type states, you, you can uh, relate to this, especially history up there in Alaska where it gets to like 50 below zero for a high in the middle of January. <laughs> but, but you know what I'm talking about because you can't just plunge your hands after being outside in sub-zero temperatures into scalding hot water in order to relieve that that cold hand sensation right it would hurt even more if you did that right well in similar fashion dropping massive truth bombs on an unsuspecting public would honestly had very devastating consequences and so we have to unravel the decades upon decades and generations upon generations of conditioning and brainwashing piece by piece to prevent chaos and turmoil from unfolding before our very eyes. Because in the end, you know, it's going to have to be time for us to embrace the truth, no matter how it comes and in what order, no matter how uncomfortable it might be. See, the world's of stage, as we know, and it's a high time. We, you know, it, it, it's finally time that we stop being passive spectators 
It's time for the audience to take to the stage and demand the kind of leadership we deserve or step up to be in these leadership roles that we need. I want to play something from Jan Halper Hayes again. Again, she's on a special task force with the Department of Defense. She talks about, uh, she kind of makes reference to, you know, Donald Trump possibly, maybe he was um, alluding to um, the idea of being Speaker of the House possibly. But listen to this real quick. Good to see you this morning. I mean, do, do we think this is actually happening? Is he serious about going forward in 24? I think everyone wants to know that, but actually, let me tell you what Trump has been doing, because it could be earlier than 2024, and not because the election will be overturned. Trump has been endorsing candidates in each of the different states. We're kind of fed up with the rhinos, which are Republicans in name only. And the other thing is that what people don't understand is that the U.S. is a republic. And in that, you have to think of it like we're 50 different countries. And so he wants to really support state legislatures and secretaries of state so that a lot of the problems that happened in 2020 can get cleared up. But this is the talk that has been going on for six or seven months. And that is um, right now, 29 Democrats in the House have said they're not running again. The prediction is we're going to take the House and the Senate. They're talking about Trump being the Speaker of the Senate, and then he will be able to impeach Biden and Harris, and he will be able to take over because he'll be third in line to do that. And this is a lot of the Republican, the conservative commentators have been talking about this with a lot of detail. Dan Scavino, who handles his social media, keeps sending hints out to us. We get messages in circuitous ways. But don't jump to 2024. I really think what we have to watch is forgive, what's forgive going me, on in the state. Forgive me, forgive me, Jan, for jumping in, but I, I can't help but reflect because we're talking so much about Russia at the moment. If this was some sort of some sort of strategy that, that Vladimir Putin had used in the past to try and uh, retain or regain a position, we'd be calling it totally corrupt, wouldn't we? Well, see, you're jumping ahead and not looking at it from the perspective of the U.S. The fact is that people want to recruit him to be the speaker. I'm not saying that that is Trump's plan, but the conservative people have been talking about that because the Speaker of the House does not have to be an elected official. Um, so I, all I'm saying is watch what's happening in the states. Watch the people that Trump is endorsing. Watch after the midterms what happens, because if we take the House, then things are going to turn upside down um, amongst our whole political situation. That's right. Pay attention. Pay attention. It's going to be very interesting to see what's going to be occurring here in the future. And I find that very compelling <clears throat> or very intriguing how she says that, 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 you know, that's being discussed. Um, 
having, you know, having Trump become Speaker of the House. And that's always been something that has been kind of in the, you know, in the minds of, of truth tellers as well as truth seekers was that was always kind of an option that has been touted for a long time. I've heard this a year and a half or so ago. I forgot how long ago, but this has always been kind of a strategy as part of this whole like devolution that we see going on. And see, some people would look at this and be like, well, that that doesn't seem very fair. That doesn't sound like that's constitutional. Well, maybe you should go back and read your constitution. Okay. But also you should also realize that with the 21 requisitions that was issued by the people in general assembly, okay, each requisition might have, like I said, in the past, anywhere between 50, 60, 70, maybe even 80 different action items on how that one requisition gets attained. Okay, now this could possibly be one of those action items. I don't know. I don't have that special privy information right there in front of me. I'm not privy to that special information. But what I do know is that, again, this is something that we all need to be paying attention to because yes while we do need to keep building our reassembly of states because we do need 38 of them and i do believe that is happening faster than ever before except it's happening behind the scenes and under the radar because we do not need lower level agents and fusticators to try to get in there to mess everything all up i think time's going to come where all of a sudden you know where we think we have 17 or 18 states assembled i think one day we're just going to wake up and all of a sudden information is going to drop to me and be like, Oh yeah. Hey, by the way, we got like 44 States assembled. We're, uh, we're ready to rock and roll. I mean, I, I think in my humble estimation or opinion, that could be a possibility. I mean, I really do believe that because you can never tip your hand to the enemy and let them know what you're doing. You got to have, you know, you got these optics within optics within optics. And I wouldn't be surprised if that happens to be one of these, you know, part of part of the plan in, you know, in regaining our republic. Because again, excuse me, again, for too long, we have allowed our voices to be drowned out and our liberties to be eroded and our dreams to be stifled. But today, you know, we are standing at a very pivotal moment in history and the choices that we make today will shape our destiny and our nation for generations to come. Because here's the thing, the landscape of our country, America, has literally become increasingly convoluted. There's no question about that. Questions and doubts about the path that we are on linger in the minds of many. People ask, is this truly a land of freedom? Are we really living under an illusion of perpetrate, you know, that's perpetrated by malevolent forces? Could it be that we are caught in a web of deception? Reminiscent of uh, Operation Trust, which was a Soviet operation from the early 1900s. See, these are the thoughts that gnaw at the consciousness of many people. And I would be a liar if I said I didn't have these same thoughts. But here's the thing, <clears throat> as we ponder what our future looks like moving forward, not just for ourselves, but for our children, you know, like we ask ourselves, what's the world going to inherit? 
like is it is it going to be a continued oppression and manipulate you know manipulation by an entrenched government or will it be a place where liberty thrives and individual freedoms are safeguarded you know these questions weigh heavily on our hearts for you know we have allowed usurpation and complacency to pretty much flourish for far too long for far too long and we've witnessed the insidious influence of those who seize control of our monetary system for the last 150 years, allowing private corporations to coin our money and to manipulate our economy, our media, our movies, our music have all been used as tools of propaganda, shaping the minds of our youth and our educational institutions have become breeding grounds for ideologies that well, that threaten the very foundation of our Republic, all funded by your hard earned tax dollars, by the way. <clears throat> and while we're on the topic of taxes, we've seen our wealth plundered and squandered by a government that no longer represents the will of the people. So, I mean, here's the thing. The time has really come where we really need to acknowledge that we are at a critical juncture in history. And this awakening is happening one way or another. And it's spreading across not only this nation, but across the globe, across the world. I say globe, I don't really believe in the globe theory, but that's a different story, different day. But we can't, we can't be spectators on this world stage anymore. We have to be active participants because we, the people, are the tides of change. We are the ones that can shift our narrative the way we need it to be. So folks, we, what we need to do here is we need to pause for a moment and we also need to reflect on what the next steps look like. What will we do with this newfound knowledge? How will we regain control and reinstate a government by the people as outlined in Article 4, Section 4 of the U.S. Constitution? How can we rebuild a nation rooted in common law and individual freedom and liberty? Well, for one, let's keep our families intact and let's stop allowing Satan and his little minions to uh, infiltrate and attack our families through the spirit and through flesh. Let's stop that, number one, because that's the biggest thing. And yes, Nancy, I, that's the next thing. We need to assemble because this movement has been quietly gathering strength for the past decade. The movement of assembly, by the way. Because it offers us a way forward, a remedy to return to self-governance to the hands of the people. But it requires more than just awareness. It demands action. And so I implore each and every one of you to move forward on your own journey of self-education. Begin by exploring resources like the National Assembly website, which, by the way, is up, in case you didn't know by now, national-assembly.net. And you can find a wealth of information over there in the forums because remember, knowledge is our greatest weapon in this battle for our future, and we are in an informational war. And the challenges before us are really, really disconcerting to say the least, yes. However, it's important that we don't falter either, because corruption, the, manipul you know, the manipulation, and the concentration of power has plagued our nation for far freaking too long. And enough is enough. The time of complacency, in my opinion, has passed away. 
And now we must be the change we wish to see. We have to be the tides that shift our future in the right path. Because our children, our grandchildren, and their descendants, they're going to look back on this very moment in history. Believe me, if you don't think they will, you got another thing coming. They're going to be looking back on this moment in history, and they will either see us as a generation that rose up to defeat tyranny, or they're going to look at us as a generation that allowed oppression to persist. Which one are we going to let them see? We cannot let it be the latter. And so what I say to that is it's time to act as if our country depends on it, because it does. We need to no longer be a nation that tolerates evil in high places, but one that demands justice and accountability, not just for those people in government, but also amongst ourselves and within our own family units, because a strong family creates and fosters a strong nation. Again, why do you think the discussion, and there were segments in the field training manual 2000-25, why it emphasizes strong families being vital to a strong nation. So kind of at the end of all of this, I, what I basically want to implore all of you to do is be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Stop complaining. Stop, and I'm going to say a, a kind of a bad word here, but it's, it's one that I think is needed here. But you got to stop bitching about your situation. Stand up. Speak out. Join the growing movement to reclaim our republic. We need to get together and be the change that we wish to see in our beloved nation. The time is now. Not tomorrow. Not yesterday. It's now. It's today. And our future depends on it, folks. I don't know how much more clear I can get. I also want to play one more audio piece because I always tell you guys, be careful who you listen to. I've always enjoyed listening to the file drops from SGNon. I really do. If I'm going to be completely, you know, honest with you, I always really enjoyed SGNon. He said something the other day when he was on the air with Captain Kyle I forgot how long ago it was. It was within the last two to three weeks. But he said something that really kind of peaked my ears up. I was like, "Uh uh-oh, that's not good. Listen to this. But I think what you're talking about is inevitably coming along in this process because we, the people, are the receivers of all of the assets of the corporation, which happens to include the land upon which our communities are built. And so being made the trustees then, or the owners, the sole owners and receivers of the land and everything upon the land that's built within our communities, which make up our states, which makes up our nation, um, as long as we're positioned as we the people in different areas to take over um, sovereign management of that and everything that comes of that, which I think is a process, but it's a process that's being built out even here right now with things like tactical civics and you know, we've seen bonds for the wind deployed on the school board. You hear what he said? Being built out with things like what? Um, sovereign management of that and everything that comes of that, which I think is a process, but it's a process that's being built out even here right now with things like tactical civics. Built out even here right now with things like tactical civics. And things like tactical civics. Yeah. Tactical civics, folks. Tactical freaking civics. Which, by the way, is a 501c3, might I add. 
It's a 501c3, and it is it was started by the corporation. Make no mistake. This ain't a true grassroots movement. You need to be aware of that. That's why I call these people over there at Tactical Civics a bunch of scumbags because some of those people are the same people who try to come over and infiltrate and infusticate within our assembly. Tactical Civics is not our friends, folks, not of we the people. They're friends of the corporation. Make no mistake. When I heard him say that, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Come on, SG. Because like I said, a lot of what he talks about and a lot of what he is, you know, deciphers, he's, I think in my humble opinion, he's pretty much spot on. Now, if he's part of that, I hope not. That's going to be a real big disappointment because I do believe that he, I think he's pretty, pretty, pretty smart. He, he has a good way of deciphering and, and releasing information. I, I really do. That's why I like to listen to him. But when I heard him say that, I was like, you got to be kidding me. So anyway, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not saying he's bad or anything like that. I'm just saying be careful. Be careful and always take everything what you hear for a grain of salt. Like always decipher properly. Ask God to guide you, okay? Even some of your biggest deceivers out there who are, you know, quote unquote, truth tellers and podcasters, just be aware of what they're saying. Don't just take their words hook, line, and sinker And don't think just because they're behind a microphone that they are the authority on that subject matter because they're not. I've had some people say to me, wow, you really sound masterful in some of the subjects you talk about. No, I don't. Look, I might have a a, a wider knowledge base on some areas and not so much in others, but I never want to consider myself masterful in any subject matter because I like to consider myself more as a soakable sponge i always want to be taught something and if I, if there's something that i learned that was incorrect yeah i want to be corrected sure it might suck to be like man i believe this for so long and now you know to have that corrected in your mind sometimes that could be a big you know a hard pill to swallow sometimes but if truth is truth so be it so anyway so i guess really that's all i really have for you all today I do want to play a song that I really, really enjoy, and then we're going to close this out. Like I said, we already did the prayer at the end of uh, part A after the reading of Job. But there is a song I've been, like I said, I've been listening to the message a lot lately, which is a serious radio channel on Sirius XM. There was a song that I also came across that I really liked. I wrote down the title of it and the uh, artist. Her name is Leanna Crawford, and it's called How Can You Not? It's such a good song. And when I was listening to this song, I was driving in my semi and the sun was just rising over the horizon and the clouds were just strategically placed in the sky in such a fashion to where it it created all sorts of colors of, you know, pink, orange, red, hints of blue and darkness in the clouds in certain areas. Like it looked like a just a a, one of those. What is that? That that painter uh, what's his name with the big perm Ross, right? The one that does a happy clouds. I forgot his full name now. Um, oh, some of you, old, some of you folks out there will know who I'm talking about. That that um, yeah, yes, Bob Ross. Yes, Bob Ross. There you go. Thanks. Thank. You. It, it reminded me of a painting that he would do, but better because it was by God. And I was listening to this song as this this as I was noticing this landscape, and I was like, wow, this is beautiful. 
But this song is by Leanna Crawford. How can you not? Let's listen to this real quick before we close off the show. I see the sunrise in the morning and a million stars at night. I hear the birds, they can't stop singing hallelujah. I see his goodness when I fall down and his grace that picks me up. Every day I can't stop singing hallelujah. How can you not see God? In every little thing, in every little moment, how can you not feel loved? How can you not, how can you not? Cause he's in the middle of every little thing, in every little moment, how can you not see God? How can you not, how can you not? I see the sunset and I wonder if he paints it just for me. Nobody else could make a world so beautiful. How could I question his love when it's everywhere I go? Wherever I look, I find another miracle. How can you not see God? song it's called uh how can you not by leanna crawford what a really good song i heard that the other day i was like man i'm like there are some really good songs out here like great songs and so i want to start playing more christian music i know before we were playing a lot of like other stuff in the beginning at you know at the end of the show like you know uh I, I don't know, like Bob, uh, like Bob Seger and, you know, stuff like that. Like just more mainstream songs just to end out the show. I don't really want to do. And yes, I played some Christian songs too, like uh, Jeremy Camp and stuff like that. But 
you know, quite frankly, I, I you know, I, I kind of want to get away from all the, yeah, and disco. <laughs> Nancy had to remind me of the, of the dreaded disco. <laughs> but I kind of want to get away from that. In fact, not kind of, uh, words, are, words matter. Um, we must get away from it. All right. I know the music that we were accustomed to, we, we, you know, they're tied to memories of a past life, right? And having fun and friends and whatever. But truth be told, all music, I mean, no, not all music. That's probably a bad general statement. But a lot of the music that we were used to listening to in the mainstream is not good. It's not good for us. Um, my wife was saying there's a song here, I Speak Jesus by Charity Gale should be on the list. Um, you know what? How about this? I know it's going a little long. Let's let's play that right now. And then I'll play it again on a different show. Hold on. Let me let's see. I speak Jesus. What is this? Charity Gale. There might be a commercial, so I have to bypass this. Wait for a minute, but I'll talk for a second here while the commercial goes away. Is this commercial? Hold on. What's going on? Oh, hold on a second, guys. Wow, wait, is this is this really a seven-minute song? This is a long song. Okay, my wife says no. Hold on. I don't know. I'm, I'm looking on YouTube. It says, Charity Gale, I speak Jesus. It's like seven minutes and 33 seconds. Hold on. Let me scroll down. I was like, whoa, that's a long song. Um, This one says, thank you, Jesus, for the blood. But that's five minutes. Where is this? I speak. Oh, here it is. Okay, four minutes and 42 seconds. That's a little bit more like it. Let's, uh, let's give this a listen to. I'm curious what this sounds like. Uh, by request from my my beautiful wife here. Oh, wait, of course. Commercials, guys. You want to hear commercials? Pray with me real quick. In the name of the Father and the Son. All right, skip ad. Here we go. just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Cause your name is power your name is healing your name is life break every stronghold shine through the shadows burn like a Depression 
Jesus from the mountains and Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name. Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus Over every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus Wow, that was a good song that was a very good song. I like that. That's a that's a song worth keeping on the playlist. What a good song. Wow, that was a good that was a good suggestion, babe. She said this song hits my soul and deeply and how I feel into words. And she says I cry every time. It is a that was a beautiful beautiful song. That was a very cool song. I like that one too. I'm surprised I haven't heard that one yet on the message. I'm sure it plays. I probably just haven't caught it on the right time. <laughs> Oscar says, break out the turntables, bro, but for the good, of course. <laughs> I would if I still had them, but I sold them a long time ago when I gave up that life of uh, nightclubbing. <laughs> that, that, that life is long sailed. Uh, it's way beyond the horizon and somewhere else on the other side of the world, probably sunk at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> so, but, um, but anyways, uh, oh, I should check that out sometime i'm gonna write this down in fact uh what is this uh so chris in michigan says take a look at aaron lewis everyone talks to god i should check that one out too um you know and these are the songs i want to kind of start revolving the end of show you know when we get to the end of the show if we play if we have time obviously today i'm on an off day which is why i'm allowing this show to go a little over an hour but you know i want to kind of revolve songs more around god and Jesus, right? Because that's what we need more of. Um, yes, the other songs are fun and they're dancey and they're, you know, again, bring us back to our memories from, you know, a younger version of ourselves. But, you know, really, are they really good for our soul? Is it good 
for our minds. And my 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 answer to that, and look, you're talking to somebody who is a who was a you know a DJ of eight and a half years in and out of nightclubs, not some bedroom DJ. I'm talking, I was in and out of a lot of big nightclubs. I was the, you know, I was not a wedding DJ. I did not do parties except, you know, for friends, but nightclubs only. And so I would answer that question by saying, no, it is not good for us. It is not good for us. From a frequency level to the message, the lyrics, you know, all that stuff, it's not good for us. So anyway, you know, it's just we have to be cognizant of what we of what we allow in our minds. And so I think as we kind of if we do as we do live shows, if you guys put titles of show uh, of songs along with their uh, uh, artists in the chat, um, time permitting, maybe I'll play one or two of them at the end. Like my mom was just putting it here in the chat too. Uh, what is this? It's Grace to Grace by Hill Song Worship. Awesome. She says, awesome song. So if we do that toward the end of the show, of the part B when we, you know, on the days we do lives, of course, um, put it in the chat and we'll, but we'll break it out on YouTube, you know, because again, you know, as long as it's a good, wholesome song and, you know, speaks about God and Jesus, you know, I'm open to it. I don't think you can really ever have a bad song. If it's talking about God, I don't care if it's slow paced or fast paced. I don't think you can have a bad song if you're talking about God and Jesus in a positive manner. Let me make that stipulation in a positive manner right don't need anybody you know uh cursing god in a song we don't need that um so anyway but um i guess that's all we have for today ladies and gentlemen on this october 5th 2023 and uh yeah <clears throat> i guess that's all we got but i tell you what yesterday's uh <laughs> ea you know emergency alert system test was kind of funny I find it interesting how it started two minutes before its original time, right? Because wasn't it supposed to go off at like 2.20 p.m. Eastern time and it went off at like 2.18? That was kind of interesting, right? To me, I'm like wondering, is this the are these the, is this like a two-minute warning by the White Hats letting us know, hey, uh, this is a two-minute warning for what's to come? I mean, that was my interpretation of the uh, emergency alert system happening two minutes ahead of schedule. Just a thought. Have a good night. Have a good day or a good night wherever you're at in the world, ladies and gentlemen. And God bless. Remember, keep your eyes on Jesus. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, Remember, ladies and gentlemen. we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. The enemy has crossed that line for the last time. It is up to people like you and I to hold that line. They've crossed the line way too many times, and it is time for us to stand up this republic and get after it. We gotta do this for God. 
We gotta do this for our families. We gotta do this for America, for the voiceless. It's time to get after, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining the show. Don't forget to check out the website, www.hisheartline.com. And if you want to know more about how to get involved with your assembly, go to www.national-assembly.net. That's www.national-assembly.net. It's time to get active, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. His heart line. We'll see you back here next time.